Crunch and Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Sounds good. Hello and welcome to Uncle Mo's Family Feedback where we look through the dizzying highs, terrifying lows and the creamy middles of The Simpsons seasons 1 to 12 through random episode generation. I am your host Tyler McRae and it is my pleasure to say with a warm welcome that we have our good friend Cal Reader back after his uh, hiatus. You know, they've done some tweaking and retooling of his series and he's back now, you know. How are we doing Cal? I'm back, bitches. I should have shouted that whilst he was saying the intro, but I, <laughs> I'm back. It's more decorum than that. In it. <laughs> I'm good, brother. I'm very good. I'm happy to be back. It's been too long to get my Simpsons shit on. You know, I've had to resort to watching Family Guy and stuff. Ugh. Oh, no. Family Guy's okay, but American Dad's better. But yeah, I'm good, man. What about yourself? I'm very well, man. Um, work keeps ticking along. I've had little excursions uh, down in London, up to Sheffield, all throughout. Um, the thing is, London, folks, is very nice. And for you international listeners, go there for the culture, the art. You can actually get good walks in different parks around there, get the city life. But you just got to deny yourself that it's not that expensive. You know, five fifty for a pint, that is very reasonable. <laughs> What the fuck are you on about, man? You you used to live in the north. You know this shit. You know it's not that good. Like, look, look. I'm a south sympathizer, and my midlands are through and through. I have to sympathize with the south at some point. And you're back to a good one here, Cal. As we are reviewing today, the PTA disbands from season six, episode twenty-one, directed by Swinton O. Scott III, written by Jennifer Crittenden, with the original air date being April the sixteenth, nineteen ninety-five. The couch gag is the fan where you're in that MC Escher famous. MC Escher painting, and they all run around and meet in the middle of the couch. And as always, Cal, um, even though it's been a while, how did you feel about this one? And is there any initial thoughts or memories of this bad boy? Um, it's it's an okay episode. It's a very it's a bit of a filler more than anything. Um, I don't like. I remember it. I remember bits. Obviously, it's very meme worthy. We were talking before the episode about like. There's lots of quotes and stuff what what do come out of it. Um, but on the other hand, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure I enjoyed it, if I'm honest. Well, um, this was a, I know this one pretty much from getting the early DVDs of it, but um, I think I will say I remember parts of the plot, but like you've said, I think I remember more. There's a lot of memorable quotes in this one here, folks, more than you'd imagine. Yeah, I think... The thing, things what I've always said about the Simpsons for many a time is, as it's as it as the later seasons kind of go on, they kind of get to the point where the beginning of the episode has nothing to do with the end of the episode, and this was kind of like what season is it? Is it season five? I think did you say this is season six. Six, yeah. So it's it's kind of on on the you know the height of the roller coaster Simpsons where the Simpsons is really good. But the downfall is slowly coming. Like it, it's it's coming there, and it's just it's just little bits where yeah, it's the ending when we eventually get to, when we get to it. Um, it's played off as a joke, but it's kind of this is where it's kind of like the pre warnings for me, where you know it's it the ending's is a joke, but the next episode they're not gonna you know they're not gonna mention this ever again. What happens? You know, I'll get into it more as I go for our out of five or out of seven or, you know, your mad ranking system. Hopefully bring that back with you. But, um, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed 
the majority of it. Um, the bits where you say they're filler, I may have a counter argument to that at the middle of this. But um, we start, folks, with uh, Springfield Elementary going on a field trip here. And it's not in good nick the bus. It's a complete shower of shit. And it just seems to get worse every single field trip. You know, there's gas fumes in the back, which ends up, you know, with some of the lower test scores. And you just see some, it looks like some hick coughing his guts up. But Ralph is just busy there chilling, you know. He's used to it by now, and it certainly shows. And they see the site they're coming up to. They're going to visit an old fort. And so they've got to, you know, slam on the brakes there so all the children get off their shirts and just try and funnel it, create some sort of parachute effect there. And I will pre- I appreciate this very first um, joke here, Cal. This, there's like a massive long build-up to it just for sort of a purposeful anti-climax. There's a woman introducing a group of tourists to this can you know it's awfully um you know prone to go off and it's never been used but you know it's aiming against this tower with this man in it you know even the slightest jerk and you just see the bus barrel in and it hits the cannon you know just stopping it but you know nothing goes off because you know it's common sense we emptying the cannon now you know we'd be stupid to do so i really love this cow i don't know about you no i feel I, I, yeah i do really like it i, I kind of like a little bit later on as, as, as well when it's kind of talking about um how brave the Springfield soldiers were to uh not let any prisoners <laughs> but since like the thing is though like with myself we weren't from you know it wasn't particularly a posh school or anything like that it was quite it was actually quite poor it was only when so we were kind of in a similar situation really where um not as bad as like <laughs> The bus was breaking down and shit like that, but you're not having to use the quote credit cards and the no, breathman. Exactly, exactly. Like we would, for example, our one of our earliest school trips was to go to the Asda and to see how things were made. Oh and the fuck off, and really? Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh wait, how old were you? Because this might make sense. Uh, sixteen. No, uh, no, I'm joking. Come on. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, we we were like four or five, like just fucking oh, thank shit, God. But like that's that's more acceptable. Yeah, but we never used. This to... is where you're gonna work, kids. <laughs> There's nothing really that dynamic about East Midlands, but the sort of relatively good trips were like to old castles, old sort of manor houses, and that. And you know, you get to pet all the farmland and pet all the sheep on there. So I can't really complain about that. I will get into the budget cuts our own school made um in a couple of minutes time but nothing trips wise or bus wise i hate to say i remember our bus used to break down all the time um but i remember as my year deciding um what like toys and everything everyone's gonna get and we're gonna get like new um we're gonna get brand new like climbing frames and all this stuff and we're really excited and everyone was really fucking excited and then it got, uh, after we all chose, we were just like, oh yeah, but like you guys are going to be long gone after this has been chosen. So what the fuck? <laughs> Skinner tries to get the students into the park, but um, unfortunately it's not free anymore. It's owned by Disney. Um, very ironic now in 2019. But you know, Principal Valiant comes swaggering off this brand new sparkling bus and pays for all the students and sees they get a bit of extra uh, education. And now we have... Um, I guess this is a key part, a fun part for you, Cal. We get the reenactment of the Springfield Frontier Men. 
On May 21, 1864, the men of the 9th Bearded Infantry were sunning and fluffing their beards in the sun. Suddenly, enemy troops crested that hill over there. Fort Springfield, we surrender unconditionally! We're sick! We need leeches and hacksaws to saw off our gangrenous limbs! But the Springfield Brigade was too brave to accept the surrender. Come on, boys! Those white flags are no match for our muskets! Charge! And the Springfielders heroically slaughtered their enemies as they prayed for mercy. to see what's going on i can only make out the fat soldiers yeah this is probably like one of my favorite jokes I th i'll be honest i missed a disney thing i actually missed that i, I just realized when you said that then um yeah ever so realistic though it's quite funny um but yeah i don't know it was like this that bit was okay it's pretty funny they're busy um trying to learn anyway for free and then um one of the dead guys just gets them and say they're trying to learn for free and it just incites a mob riot from the fellow presenting it. And all the children have run to the bus while Otto's been using the credit card. The credit card being the <laughs> siphoning and gas from Principal Valiant's bus there. And they're just busy trying to run on. Most of them manage to get on, apart from <sighs> poor Uta uh, Cal. Like, we, they, this Uta dies. We see a child get beat to death, pretty much. I couldn't... Like, obviously, looking back at it now, um, yeah, like, a child dies, but obviously, back then, I just thought, oh, this <laughs> this fat kid gets a stitch and just gets beat up. Ha-ha, that's funny, but good God, that's dark. See, here's the thing. I remember, I cleared the little bits about this bit. So, like, the announcer, they could have used someone other than the guy who voices Skinner, because it just sounds like the same person saying, get him, come on, children. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They managed to all get back thanks to the fellow who um, invented tardy slips. It's not a problem anymore. So we have all the kids busy eating their lunch and Skinner and Krabappel are busy commenting on this absolute state of uh, school lunches. You know, she can taste the gym mat in this meat. Um, now, I don't know about you, Cal, but I vehemently tried not to have um, school dinners. Apart from, um, oh, I'd probably say we did good paninis and baked and toasted stuff, but proper meals, oh, no way. Yeah, this, see, this is another way, thing where we differ on, like, A, you're, you don't like child violence, me, I'm for it. Uh, you didn't have uh, school dinners, I did, especially from, so, all the way through primary school, more or less, um, and I always, I always remember, there's this pudding, and it's basically just like a sponge with treacle on it, and it looked disgusting. But it was the nicest fucking thing in the world. It was just like proper treacle. And the sausages were like the cheap, crappy sausages. And I never used to like them. Somebody in my head just, I was like, I can't have them. And I used to like trade them to my teacher. So he'd give me like house points and stuff like that. And he'd come and find me. And then finally I tried them. I was just like, I actually like this shit. Sorry, Mr. Hopkins. You can get your own shit. Like, but, now, I um, don't know if this was a... Sorry, I don't know if this was a Midlands thing, but... Did you ever have um, Pastor King? Yes. Yeah. So that's oh, another, God, another, that was awful. It's another marketing thing. We did, we had that more in secondary school. Pastor King, it was like pot noodle kind of thing. It's just thing, wet. 90% water and 5% pasta and 5% sauce. Awful. Yeah. yeah, it was really, really, really cheap shit. I remember the first time 
we went up to secondary school, we had like a trial day. So and it was before um Jamie Oliver. So it was all like chocolate donuts and chips and burgers and sausage uh, hot dogs and Twizzlers and all this amazing stuff and everyone's like fucking piling it in. And then all then there's going, It's not gonna be like this in September, fuck off. And we went and it weren't. We had paninis, paninis were good. Um I remember it, it was my first interaction of a mocker. Um, because a girl, one of one of the women didn't sell mockers. It was just basically like a boiler water, boiler water. Um, you get tea or coffee or hot chocolate, and it'd all be like powdered shit. And then some girl was just like, "Can I have a mocker?" And she was just like, "What the fuck is a mocker?" <laughs> like it was old old women. And the school dinners were okay. They weren't great. I I've lost teeth in burgers before, and the burgers they are, I always used to get a bit of bone or gristle or something. And everyone used to love them. I, I never used to like them. But I remember one time, this the flapjack used to be really, really good. And this is this is what kind of put me off buying like buying dinners is because it were all old women who used to work behind the counter. Um, probably all dead right now, but good because this bitch fucks me over. Um, I was queuing up. Somebody pushed up in in front of me, and but she thought I pushed in because the person behind me were kicking off. So she didn't serve me. All I wanted was a flapjack. So she served the person in front of me, and then she served the person behind me, and behind me, and behind me, and in front of me, and behind me. Oh, I was just like, what the fuck is going on? And then she ran out of flapjack, and she was like, what do you want? And I literally, I had a tray, and I just threw it at her. I threw it down, threw it, and I was just like, you can fuck off. And just walked away. and never went off. But I, and I, I was like, Determined, I was like never getting served by that bitch again. But then I couldn't remember which one it were, so I just hated all dinner ladies since then. <laughs> and that's where your vengeance began. <laughs> and that's where the vengeance began. And that's where the murders. I mean, uh... Krabappel's had enough of this. You know, the nutrition's gone too far, so she storms off. Skinner follows her, and you know they can't even get proper history and teaching books after rely on Tech War and Sexmas and steal this book and a load of other bollocks. But um. They're not happy, but sees an ample opportunity here, decides to stir the pot between Krabappel and Skinner there, saying to each one, you know, ah, oh, you don't have the coners to, you know, um, riot and protest, and, you know, oh yeah, they said you'd fold like a Superman on Laundry Day, which is a fun little line I liked, but um, they come at loggerheads, Krabappel and Skinner saying, you don't have the guts, you wouldn't dare do this, and then Bart just... Breaks the camel's back by doing a little chicken noise, and it's on. It's strike time, and um, uh, this is an underrated line for me, Cal. The uh, bit where they're fighting over the intercom. I feel like um, a lot of dictators, particularly uh, very um, timely, probably dates it now. But um, Robert Mugabe's just past folk, and um, I'm sure he's had to deal with this at the time, haven't a wrestle over and say, you know, my. Um, my time as um, ruler is still fine. It's still good. Carry on, children. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's. I think it is quite funny. It kind of shows the childness of it. And yeah, unfortunately, Robert Mugabe has passed away. I did stand across and I pointed to the ground to the people who um, who are not in my bedroom. R.I.P. Leave the memories alone. Do you remember in like 2013 where it just became like the biggest, baddest thing for like a year? That and Coney 2012. Yeah, he, he he was a massive prick and didn't allow farmers to grow their crops. But then the only sort of, um, I remember the only sort of clip that 
his government would allow of him um, to be shared among different news outlets and international news outlets. It's him doing the Dougie or him doing this sort of shimmy with his hat off. It's really surreal. It's really, um, it's very Eric Andre. It's very odd. So they wrestle over the intercom and Krabappel manages to get the word out, you know, that teachers were on strike and everybody leaves, you know, Miss Hoover tells that thick Ralph to just, you know, go home, children, it's obvious. Mrs. Pommelhorst leaves a kid up there and uh, we go to the act break. We're back, we're ready for the second act now. And um, everyone's pretty much excited to go, apart from Lisa. But it's, fi- it's fine, because she's, um, she's got her own way of coping with it. She's got her own... Um, much like dealing with a atom bomb in the 40s and 50s and being it completely fucking useless. Lisa's got her own sort of um, teacher simulation here, Cal. What do you think? I think it's good. I think they kind of missed a little bit of a trick where they could have kind of shown more than one like for different situations and such. But I thought it's quite oh. funny. Like, is that gum? Is that gum? Is that gum? Uh, so, um, let's see. Obviously, we see more of... Bart and Lisa, but we get to see um, Millhouse and I suppose the bullies a tiny bit. But you think we could have had more tertiary kids just having no, examples I mean, of freedom? I mean, just as like a cutaway, um, just like more survivor kits and such. And, and oh, like okay, I get you now. Yes, yeah, they, yeah, they really missed a chance. They could have had more from that. Right, I don't know what else they would have, but. Uh, what was the situation? Obviously, chew gum in, in class. What was the biggest situation where it was a surprising catch or something like that, or when you were on the, your phone or something like that? Oh, I think mine was just um, talking after um, I got caught the once, and there was this one uh, fellow. What was his name? Uh, we'll go surname. I think it was Beckett, Mister Beckett, and um, he just had like a tight fuse. His bark's worse than his bite, but he just had a tight fuse and go off. He bite. Okay, now, and with photosynthesis here, with uh, it's connected to the same, and you just bell out and he goes, get out. And you know those teachers at that age where it's like, they shouldn't really be doing it, but they want that extra extension on the bungalow. Yeah. You know, they should, the passion's gone, but they're still doing it for that. And he's just got this old actual voice like, oh, how dare you disrespect me? And then this was in year 10 when, like, um, I was pretty much just almost all confident all the time and overly cocky. So I was just like, <laughs> yeah, all right, Collins, calm down. And I swear, it's t- if t- you call teacher first name, it's the worst thing that's worse than swearing. How do we do, folks? Do you enjoy Simpsons podcasts as much as this one you're listening to right here? Then go check out our friends at the 411 Folks Simpsons podcast. They review The Simpsons uh, chronologically, seasons 1, 2, God knows whatever season they're on now. Um, with jokes, japes, accents and a whole load of fun as well. So that's the 411 folks at Facebook. Also, if you haven't checked our podcast out, go to Uncle Mo's Family Feedback Podcast, a British Simpsons podcast, and the same on our SoundCloud as well, Uncle Mo's Family Feedback. Now back to your regularly scheduled listening. We get a compilation now of... Um, now you said um, you referenced that you felt it's quite fair in this episode, Cal. I see it more as this second act is the longest act. Um, but particularly with Bart stuff, it's um, it's not really that linked to the story. It gives you, it gives him an out that oh, he's out of school, so he can do these pranks, pretty much. But I felt like I was watching a sketch show. Now, as much as I enjoyed him at the construction site, and especially him saying, "Spin that crane around real fast," and the fellow's just shrugging and going, oh, "Okay," um, 
And, you know, him and the... We'll get to him at the bank. One of the best scenes in there. But it felt very sketch show in the middle here with Bart. Yeah, it felt... Like they'd written jokes and just stuck them in. Yeah, I agree. It kind of... Was this post the Pulp Fiction episode? I think it is, isn't it? The 20... Yes, yeah, I believe so, yes. It kind of felt like they were just kind of trying to do those kind of things and you thought about really interesting situations you could have potentially had um, Bart in. Um, I don't know. It's it's interesting, but it, like I when I said to you earlier, like the bits, the only bit I can really remember is like towards the end. Um, but there's another, uh, the other bit is I remember the the foreman coming out and said, "Hey, do you guys really think I sound like that kid?" And but apart from that, like the bank bit's really funny. Oh yeah, we will get to that uh, in a short moment, folks. But it's the first dinner of um, school being temporarily out forever, and Lisa's hating it, Bart's loving it, and Lisa's saying, you know, oh, if I can't be judged, then, you know, who am I? If I can't be graded for my skill, then who am I? And Homer comes out with that cracking line. This has to be, what, um, top ten, like, universally known quotes from The Simpsons, like, and even my mum and dad know it, which is, if you don't you don't go in there and strike, you just go in there half ass cow. The teachers keep on striking here. They've got their own picket line, and Bart, you know, plays a bit of Chinese whispers, and you know, oh, Skinner says the teachers will crack any minute. Purple monkey dishwasher, so it just fires them up more, and it carries on. The little the little running jokes with this, and like what it does with the bullies as well, like it feels. Yeah, Jimbo watching the soaps, Cory and that. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't know if you've ever tried watching like Spanish soap operas. They're just—it's like when Hollyoaks is terrible. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing fun about Hollyoaks. At least with Cory, you've got accents and Craig Charles. We won't stick on it too much, but um, very quickly, what's your favourite? Do you have a favourite soap theme? Um. Coronation Street's obviously like the classic. Mine is probably Emmerdale, particularly. Um, I don't know why I know this. This is in bank of useless uh, memory, but um, if you particularly go to a certain uh, intro of Emmerdale and you get to see just some woman slapping another woman to do <laughs> and it's just a lot of domestics and all that. International folks, please try out Emmerdale. It is a good crack. One of my favourite comebacks is from Emmerdale and it it was Kane Dingle um, and he'd been sleeping with some hot young piece and she she tried blackmailing him um, so he went I want you to pay me off but then it turned out like in all the typical soap stories I think like she was she started an affair with a brother or some shit like that I can't remember oh shit and he found out about it, and he goes up to her, and he goes, hey, you want me to pay you off? And he gives her £2 out of his pocket. He went, I would have... And he went, I would have given you... Um, I would have given you more, but I didn't have change for a fiver or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's top, that. that oh, oh, I need, you need to use that more, Cal. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and now we get to the point... Um, I've, this is my joint best scene in this episode, Cal. It's the bank scene. Um, yeah, Please, if you can remember, walk us through 
what happens with Bart here. <laughs> what do you mean the bank is out of money? Insolvent? You only have enough cash for the next three customers! Just a second here. No, no, I, I don't have your money here. It's in Bill's house and, and, and Fred's house. Hey, what the hell are you doing with my money in your house, Fred? <laughs> <laughs> So Bart goes into a bank and it's a massive queue and he starts Chinese whispers type thing and he says, what do you mean they're out of money? Not enough money uh, for the next three customers and everyone and everyone just goes charging to the till and poor James Stewart comes out and he's just like, no, no, this is the thing. We don't have the money here. The money's at Dave's house and Gary's house. And Mo just turns around and goes, Why is my money at your house, Gary? And he just starts fighting. And <laughs> it, it's, it's the absolute best. Um, I feel like I've got to do this because um, I know we've got a couple of people who won't know who Jimmy Stewart is. Essentially, he was one of the best actors of the 50s and 60s. Iconic. He wrote Hitchcock, a load of others, but he's. Noble for having that voice. Oh, I don't have your money. It's in Bill's house and Fred's house. Like, very sort of warbly. Um, and that scene is from... Oh, what's that Christmas film he's in, Cal? It's a Wonderful Life. That's it. Thank you. I should know that. Um, yeah, that scene's pretty much from A Wonderful Life explaining um, that, oh, I can't give you your money. Your money's invested in these houses and this building society and that. But, no, not in Springfield. It's just archaic and Mo is one to um shatter that powder keg and you know fists go flying um yeah this is a top scene Cal it's it's a, and it's a smart joke that's the best part about it like it is a very very smart joke where you, you kind of have to think about it a little bit um fun fact about it's a wonderful life it was actually a bomb at the cinema uh, didn't do very good and it was only in the 50s and 60s where it became part of the public domain and uh, because it was shown on like public access television and like tv and stuff because it was free to air everyone watching it because it'd be repeated about six or seven times and that's how it became a ah, so got... oh right that's very smart actually um marge is she can't deal with it anymore having the kids around all the time Lisa's become a wreck, wanting to get graded for absolutely everything. <laughs> and Bart flying a kite at night, so unwholesome. So they end up having a... And this is... Yeah, well... Do, um, Na- Nancy Cartwright's reading on that's brilliant. But we end up, folks, at... Ooh, this is the scene that's battling between the bank and um, the PTA meeting, the summit, if you will, with uh, Flanders' peacekeeper between Krabappel and Skinner. And um, I'll just talk about my favourite bit within this, Cal. It's um, that one fella's voice you can hear above everybody else's. It's Dan Castellaneta ramping up his Boston accent. Raise taxes. Taxes are bad. Like, it's pretty much Frank from Only It's Only Sunny. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely. Always Sunny, yeah. Um, yeah, that's my favourite part. Just him, the, the finger thing means the taxes and the back and forth. We have a very tight budget to do what she's asking. We'd have to raise taxes. Raise! Way too high as they are. Taxes are bad. 
It's your children's future. Oh, yeah, that's right. Children are important. It'll cost you. Go to taxes. Come on. All right, that's a good point. It's good fish. See, my favorite, my favorite part of this scene is when the guy goes, "The PSA is disbanded," and jumps out of the window, and he goes, and Ned goes, "No, no, the PSA has disbanded." And he jumps back into the thing, and just like straight into the suit. <laughs> oh my God! The PTA has disbanded. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the PTA has not disbanded. I believe this slide, I don't know if it's the same guy, but they had a similar joke to it in the barbershop quartet, you know, the, we'd like to dedicate this next song to a special gal. She's over 700 feet tall and weighs 2,000 tons. Oh, the worst woman who devours all. I meant the statue. Classic Simpsons like this, I know I did say, I kind of vaded it at the beginning. Like, just the stupid-ass lines like that, and it's just like, one of my favourite lines, uh, when Marge gets addicted to gambling, and he goes, <laughs> he goes the only monster is gamblers! Yes! That's an episode we um, did a few weeks ago, folks. That is my favourite, because you think, oh, this is, I think I said it before, but it's this intense scene, Homer wipes away a tear, you know, he's going to get Marge, and then he, like, he actually gives this monster a name and features and you're like, oh no, you've lost it now, mate. The way of uh, fixing this temporary problem is um, not using enhanced cyborgs, but, you know, people from the neighbourhood, people from the community. And, um, yeah, this is a very popular meme, isn't it, Cal, with uh, Jasper here? Yeah, they're, uh, that's a bedlin. Talking on a turn, that's a bedlin. Looking out the window, that's a bedlin. Staring at my sandals. That's a paddling. Paddling the school canoe. Oh, you better believe that's a paddling. There's one bit, what, kind of a little, a little bit later on where he kind of uh, he dismisses class because he gets his beard trapped in the pencil sharpener. And I always wonder, like, where does that man's chin, where is that man's chin? Like, how small is it? Oh yeah, they're very loose with the with the physics and biology of Jasper here. And we have a few other people as well. Um, one scene that I don't see get enough love, but I seem to relate it to um, a lot of brands becoming nostalgic or, you know, films getting re-released and all that. There's still, um, there's still some value left in that IP because all the people who watch it as kids um, end up watching it as adults. Very much um, Professor Frink with the children's toy. Can I play with it? No, you can't play with it. You won't have, nearly, have nearly as much fun as I do. It's like me watching Toy Story 4 and looking around all these kids. Like, no, you don't understand. Don't understand the layers, children. <laughs> it's Woody, children. Hey, what? Right, so the compression and expansion of the longitudinal waves cause the erratic oscillation, you can see it there, of the neighboring particles. <sighs> yes, what is it? What? What is it? Can I play with it? No, you can't play with it. You won't enjoy it on as many levels as I do. I love the colors, children. And then also one of them's um, Mo, and I think this is about as calm and as rational as I've um, ever seen him, Cal, but bless him, they're on him already, giving him the prank, but he just, he just um, breaks down, and this is 
I wouldn't say peak mocha's like season ten onwards he gets into like the suicide jokes which I'm not fond of, but I do like him being sort of this sad angry loner and him lash out Children, I can't help that when they he thinks they're going on about his ears. I mean, what do you think about Mo being like fairly Pathetic. quote normal here? <laughs> I I no, I like it. I think it's 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 just another subversive kind of what you're expecting him to say. It's just like, well, I get it, children. I get it. It's my big ears, isn't it? <laughs> uh, it's just, I don't know, it's classic. And then obviously, um, the guy comes in, Eugene or whatever, the big angry Oh, guy. Leopold, yeah. Leopold. All right, you listen up, you little freaks. The fun stops here. You're going to shut your stinking traps and behave, damn it. This is one substitute you're not going to screw with. Marge Simpson. And um, did you ever have a teacher like that? It was just pure psycho. Uh, the closest I would say is uh, Mr. Beckett. Previously, I can't think of uh, anyone else, so I'd probably say it's him. And also, he was a barrel-chested man, much like Leopold here. <laughs> we had like the, like Mr. Johnson, the good one over Sonia. He had if you were on the like he was chill as fuck, but if you pissed him off, like he would like be scary straight away and it's usually he's having a bad day and like we wind him up a bit too much he'll just scream and throw a shoe at us or something like that um there was one who was always called his nickname was psycho sides because his name is mr sides he's actually a really really good math teacher he's really like if you could have a laugh with him he's really good so like the worst we ever had with him because growing up like from like year seven to like eight or whatever because he was head of maths, he'd come and talk to the teacher, and one of my mates, Dolsey, he was going, Miss, Miss. And he went, oh, hang on, I'm just talking to your teacher. He's like, Miss, Miss, no, but I just need to add the answer to this one. He's like, look, look, she'll come to you. We're just having a quick meeting. Like, you just need to hold it. He's like, Miss, Miss. And he went, right, get out now. And then you, she goes storming out, and you can just hear him screaming at this guy. And he's going, how dare you when I'm trying to talk, blah, 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 blah. And then he goes silent. And my mate Dawes, he's a nice guy, he's a good guy, he's a fucking idiot sometimes though. And he literally, all of a sudden you can say, what are you doing? Don't you walk away from me! Blah, 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 blah. My mate was just like, no, nah, I'm having this, he just walks away. <laughs> but like on another situation, the work, the work, well, he once punched a student by accident. Um, Or no, a student punched him and then they kind of squared up to each other and like scrapped a little bit. And he was refereeing a football match, and the guy turned around and tried punching, like the guy. It just so happened Mr. Size is in the way. He punched him, so his instant reaction was to punch him back. And they both kind of—he was a sixth form. He wasn't like a year seven or whatever. So he was like eighteen. Then they kind of just looked at each other and just shook hands, <laughs> just walked away. But like the worst thing what happened ever, and this is the most psychotic thing he did, was. One time he didn't show up to class. He was, and everyone else would just sat there in silence and chatting and whatever. And he came about half an hour late, or looking like out forty-five minutes late in double mass. And do you know what he did? He didn't scream. He didn't shout. He liked our class. He really did. And he went, "I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed that you didn't come and get me after twenty minutes." And everyone was like, "Oh." <laughs> So that's his responsibility. That's, that's not on you. No, I know. Well, he thought someone else had like done it, but like he would would have come and like helped us and stuff. But you'd think one of because he liked us and we liked him, 
and he was actually a good teacher. We he, he kind of expected us to come and like at least get a teacher or something like that, but it was just kind of like disappointment. I'm not angry. I'm disappointed. Oh, they're going to be angry for me. We have um, Leopold introduces uh, Marge Simpson, and you know Bart's horribly embarrassed, but he's more shocked that you know he's left the booby traps and the pranks in one of them being a pin, and one of them being something out of Jigsaw's mind, where just a big fucking trunk comes and tries to behead Marge. Thankfully, um. But apparently Marge is very aware of this. Oh, we've been doing that one since back in my day. Good God. Marge sees it for herself and, you know, it's exhausting. You know, the kids, they were trying to find Canada for a whole 30 minutes. And Homer's showing his own education and says, you know, it's quite hard being tucked away down there. Marge, um, you know, she's not having it. She sees the extent that the school's got to with all these budget cuts and that. So um, Bart goes out of his way. He gets Milhouse's help. Because, you know, he can exploit people with book smarts. And Milhouse has got book smarts. So they managed to try and get um, Skinner and Krabappel back together somewhat. And they seem to coerce it into, like, a celebration in the office for Krabappel, you know, while he's gave in. Whereas Skinner's just very uh, complicit, just saying, Oh, a meeting in my office? So it's highly irregular, but okay. Like, I love, you know, it's... Skinner's one of my top guys, just plain boring delivery. It's very hard to write boring characters, but just him questioning why he's me going to his own office. It's very cute, Cal. And we get to um, well the seem the seniors seem to remember the most, Cal. Um, Bart ends up locking them in. He's um, bamboozled them, and they're just banging on the door for hours and hours. Great animation on the lock, by the way. Very realistic. Oh yeah, definitely. But I I think you kind of. Failing to to mention how both people got, both teachers got uh, bamboozled. Edna, he tells them they're having a party in Principal Skinner's office. Party in Principal Skinner's office? How ordinary, but yeah, sure, yeah, let's do it. He just has to see Seymour, go to my office. Yeah, I just, yeah, like I said, oh, highly irregular, but okay. And they've sweated it out, even reached the point where they think... They've stopped it because there's absolutely no noise. Then it's just back to normal. You're going to be very, very sorry. And I suppose they've got to talk. So they end up just saying, we can't get getting held prisoners like prisoners, prisoners in our own school. And then the penny drops. So they've end up selling their old, um, you know, cloakrooms and cupboards to the prison inmates from Springfield Penitentiary. That's all your top murderers and philanderers and diddlers uh, just now with a load of kids and well that's pretty much how the episode ends with um, Bart willing to help uh, Snake bust out Cal I mean what did you think of this ending then because I know you had a few things to say it's it's the thing what, what like I said at the beginning of this episode where it kind of it just wraps up it's kind of it. what this episode very much feels like is they had the jokes writ out before and you didn't know how to fit that naturally into a plot. So, how, how, what, what, you know, let's have the townsfolk teach uh, school, okay, so we'll get them, get school away. Uh, yeah, we've got this bank thing, yeah, that's funny. We'll show how needy these can be and, and what does, Homer, I can't remember, Homer does do something in this episode, I can't remember what. I don't think it does much. 
but I, I thought he had like a little bit of a beeline, B plot or something like that. But it just feels like very much they had they had the jokes wrote out before the before the episode, and then they wrote the episode around that. Um, there's you know there's worse examples of of episodes when they've done this. Um, for example, the tennis, the dreaded tennis episode. We'll get onto the rankings in a very short while. I would just say briefly with this, I completely agree with you. Um, that they have the jokes and they got to fit it uh, in with the story somehow. But um, I mean, overall, I think it was a fairly strong show. I mean, I enjoyed it for the most part, apart from um, again, I said before the second act felt it a bit sketchy, like with throwing the jokes and as great as the jokes were it just felt like oh we need to fit them in not they're not congruent we'll just um pop them in there they'll still laugh and thankfully it did but um this ending with the prisoners it seems like a quick fix a uh, plaster if you will yeah exactly right it's just a, it it's the classic excuse of i don't think they knew how to end it and fix it and bring it and kind of put the restart on it and that's the best they kind of did like realistically you wouldn't ever be able to do that like not enough chow beatings having said all that um i'm gonna give this a four out of five oh, damn it, i need to think of something four out of five, four out of five um oh, i'll tell you what cal i'll throw this to you Give me out of my traditional five system. Give me a little item here. Um, four out of five. Jasper's getting stuck in the pencil shaman. Yes, thank you very much. I'll go four out of five. Um, trapped Jasper's. Um, um, oh, you're on your own. What about you, Cal? Me, it had funny parts. Don't get me wrong. I'm kind of, I'm torn in exactly what my rating would be because. There's jo- There's a lot of jokes in this episode, and it's kind of, you know, more even that we're talking about them and realizing, oh yeah, that was actually quite funny. Um, though it's not really a memorable joke, it's memeable, but it's not memorable. I would give it a heart, uh, a two point five big ed mose out of five. If I'm honest, like it's. It's it's a hard score. I don't really want to give it four. I don't really want to give it three. Let's say two point nine. Two point nine. Big Ed Mo's. All right, and like always, and I have missed this about this. Um, we'll now go on to our next episode. Thanks to our random episode generator. Let's uh, give that a spin. <laughs> Get your garbologists and your mud rakers ready, as we're going season two to review two cars in every garage and three eyes in every fish. And we will see you then, folks. Take care. Come to Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Mmm, sounds good.